Exodus chapter 2, beginning at verse 1 down through verse 9. And a man of the house of Levi went and took as wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that uh, he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, uh, dabbed it with uh, asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river. And her maidens walked along the riverside, and when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrew children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give you wages. <laughs> so the woman took the child and nursed him. Fathers, we come today. We thank you and we praise you for the privilege to be in your house. Thank you, God, for the mothers that are here today and each and every one. And now speak to us for the next few moments from your word. We'll give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name that the church say. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Somewhere around uh, the time of the Civil, Civil War, uh, a lady was born by the name of Anna Jarvis. And it was this lady later on who uh, suggest, first suggested the national observance of an annual day honoring mothers. And she did this uh, because of the love of her own mother. When her mother passed away at, a, at the memorial service uh, in 1908, Miss Jarvis gave a carnation for her mother, because it was her mother's favorite flower, to each person who attended the memorial service, and they all wore uh, the carnations. Within the next few years, the idea of a day to honor mothers gained popularity, and Mother's Day was observed in a number of the larger cities around the country. But on May the 9th, 1914, an act of Congress President Woodrow Wilson proclaimed the second Sunday in May as Mother's Day. He established the day for a time of public expression of our love and reverence for the mothers of our country. By then, it had become customary for everybody on Sunday to wear white carnations to honor mothers who had passed on and red carnations to honor the living. Uh, and that custom went on for many, many years. Some still observe that. I remember as a child growing up uh, uh, and uh, going to church uh, that uh, everybody still 
uh, did that. Fewer and fewer people do that, but you still see that today. Well, today, uh, in honor of Mother's Day, I want to share with you a little, and I'm going to speak about the wisdom in a mother's love. That is the title of the message that I, I want to speak today, the wisdom in a mother's love. And I want to share with you uh, a little bit about the wisdom of a mother's love and how that wisdom is motivated and guided by selfishness and pure love. The love of a mother is more close to the love of God than any other love there is. Amen. A mother's love goes well beyond any other thing. Uh, no one has the capacity of a mother's love. And no one is as wise as she. Mother will teach you everything you will ever need to know. I guarantee you, because just consider this. My mother taught me the need for prayer. When she looked at me that day and said, you better pray that that's going to come up off the carpet. <laughs> My mother taught me logic. When I asked why, she said, because I said so, that's why. My mother tried to raise me up to be a contortionist because she would time and time again say, will you just look at the dirt on the back of your neck? Okay. And last but certainly not least, my mother let me know that we don't ever know when an accident may happen. Because every time we left the house, put on clean underwear, you may be in an accident. <laughs> Hallelujah. There might be a few more heard that also. That's just a little bit of wisdom of mothers. But in our message today, we're going to consider the mother of one of the Israelites' greatest Old Testament characters. I'm talking about Moses. Outside of Abraham, who was the father of the Hebrews, no other man was as instrumental in leading the nation of Israel as he was. And in Exodus 33 and 11, it says, The Lord spoke to Moses face to face. My, he had a relationship with God. But in all the rich history of accomplishments of Moses, none of it would have been possible if it had not been for the wisdom and foresight found in his mother's love. And for the record, although it's not mentioned in the scriptures that we read a few minutes ago, uh, in the book of Numbers, you will find Moses' mother's name. Her name was Jochebed. That was her name. And I wanted to take the time to let you know that because just like Back in that day, Moses' mother didn't get a lot of recognition the same way a lot of mothers today do not get the recognition that they deserve. Hallelujah. Uh, my Lord, I don't know what we would do if we had to pay the actual cost of what a mother's job would be worth. Amen. 
When you stop and think everything that is taken care of and that is done. But I want I want to take a, a, just a few minutes to share some of the things about uh, Jochebed and uh, and her relationship with Moses to tie it in with the situation of us today. And I want you to think about this. When we look back in Moses' life and her mother, now if you just read what I just read there and you don't know the whole story, you may un understand, so what in the world did this woman do what she did? Why would she make a basket, make it uh, where it wouldn't, uh, make it where it would flow and it wouldn't leak water, and put put that child in this basket and leave it in the uh, uh, there at the at the river's bank? That don't seem, and that alone, you uh, uh, makes you wonder about that. But I want to talk about that just for a little bit. First of all. She took charge of her child's destiny. Hallelujah. This mother took charge of her child's destiny. Jochebed gave birth to Moses in a very harsh and cruel time. Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, had issued an order that all male Hebrew babies must die. Every male Hebrew they said when, when a Hebrew woman gave birth, if it was female, the baby could live. But if it was male, the order was given to take the babies and drown them in the river. That was the order because the Israelite people were growing so fast and they were being blessed by God so much that Pharaoh began to get scared Amen of the situation. So he thought if he could get rid of all the male Hebrew children that he would stop the growth of this, this nation of people. So this decree was made. But Jacobhead was determined that the life of her child was not going to be wasted nor destroyed. Hallelujah. We are living in a day very similar to the day back then. There is a lot of things out there. Amen. The mothers that are here today, and especially our younger mothers, there are a lot of things out there, amen, that would destroy your children, amen, and waste their life away. But nobody has the power and the authority, amen, to mold a child's future and destiny like a mother does. No one else has the power to shape and to lead the future of another human being like a mother. A pastor has not as the control over a child as a mother. Amen. A, a, a president or no one else. Amen. That mother has, a, has the, uh, uh, the, the possibility there, amen, and the authority that she can shape or help shape that child's destiny. No one else can do that. A mother not only gives life, she can mold that life and impart necessary gifts into that life in order for that child to grow and mature and possess values which will make them vessels of godliness in an ungodly world. 
It is sad, but not all mothers think about it that way. Just recently, let me give you uh, an example. Just recently, uh, on, on the job that I have, is most everybody knows a school bus driver, and because of uh, certain issues with my uh, medical card, haven't passed my uh, physical as yet, and so I have been helping some other drivers uh, as monitors on buses. And there was a situation where uh, a child on the school bus one day got in some really bad issues. And uh, uh, the situation was, was pretty bad. So uh, it was written up, turned in to the, uh, to the school, and conference was made with, uh, with the school. And it just amazed me. The next morning... As we pull, as that, the, the man driving a school bus, and I was sitting on the first seat back behind, as we pulled up to the bus stop, I could see there was an adult woman there standing with, with uh, children. And as soon as the stop was made and the doors was open, I never heard such cursing and carrying on and all my life, all being directed at that driver. Why are you writing up my child? And I thought, first of all, I said, Lord, thank you, I'm not driving today. <laughs> I'm not the one in the hot seat. I'm sitting back, but I'm listening to this. Here is a bunch of elementary students First and second graders. Here's this mama standing there at the bus, cursing like a sailor, with a little child that's already got in trouble standing beside, won't know why. Do you realize what that lady is imparting into her child? She's, she's imparting not to respect authority. There might be a day coming in a few years, Brother Travis, that that same mama might be raising Cain because her child got injured by the police because the child don't know how to handle authority. A lot of the dilemmas in our life, we cause them ourselves. i tell you how my daddy handled me. When I started school, he said, Young man, if you back then, back in, back in the day, they were still paddling. And by the way, you may be one of them who don't believe it, but I guarantee you back when that day was going on, kids wasn't killing kids at school. But if I got in trouble, my dad went down to the teachers or the principal, cussing them out, raising cane about it, but he all told me from the very beginning, he said, if I hear that you get a spanking in school, you're going to get a nothing when you get home because you got that one. Hallelujah. I believe we need to go back to a few things if we really want to change the course of society today. 
state wants to say, don't put your hand on my kids. The dead end street that I was raised up on in South Nashville, I believe every lady on that block had paddled my butt at one time or another. Because if I would go somewhere to spend the day at a friend's house, when my mama would drop me off, she would look at their, their mama and say, tear them up if you have to. But all these things is what we instill in little minds. Now, don't get me wrong. I do not believe in abuse. I do not believe in uh, knocking a child upside the head and, and, uh, and a lot of these things. But I do believe in following the course that the Word of God has laid down that we should do. Uh, sometimes love has to be tough. Amen. That's Do Dr. Dobson said. It has to be tough if we really... And it's about shaping the course of uh, a child's destiny. Notice 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5. Let's read that. Apostle Paul was writing to a young man. He was a young minister that was coming up and Paul uh, was, was, was training him and, and bringing him up, uh, 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 mentoring him, if you please. And, and he, wrote, he wrote the letter to Timothy, and he said, When I recall to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. Paul told Timothy, he said, I see something in you, young man. I see a faith. I see a real faith. It's not phony. It's, it's real I see that in you. He said, and I recognize it dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I'm persuaded it's in you. Mount, what are you putting in your children? There was a time at night at our house. Now back, back in that day, it was a lot different anyway. There was only three TV channels. And all three went off at midnight. At 12.01, all you got was a white screen. And, but before that, on a school night, there was a time that you could hear it heard in the house, either by mom or dad, either one. It's time to turn the TV off, let's gather around and pray before bedtime. That's what was instilled in me. That molded the path that I decided. There's a, there's a lot of different areas, a lot of different paths <coughs> that I could have taken in my life. And there was a certain time, it wasn't very long that I tried. I mean, you know, uh, children are going to try out their wings. Hallelujah. But I still believe the word of God that if you bring up a child the way he should go, when he is old, he will not depart from it. He will come back. He will come back. The wisdom of a mother's love will cause her to take charge 
of her child's destiny and pass on to them a true, genuine faith in God and His Word so it will never leave them wherever they go in life. The second thing, I'm going to move on so we can finish. The second part that I want to leave and let you know that God will control what moms cannot. Hallelujah. God will control what moms cannot. When the mother of Moses could no longer hide her child, she committed him to the hands of the Lord. And because she had already done the best she could do, God stepped in. He honored her faith and took control of what she could not. I cannot imagine the heaviness and the burden on her heart when that child was born and found out it was a male. She knew what the decree was. She knew that all male Hebrews had to be killed. But she saw something in his child. He was a beautiful child. She saw that there was a possibility there. And so she hid Moses so nobody would know about him. She hid him for three months. She did everything she could do. But then the time comes she knew she could not continue to hide. So she committed that child to the Lord. Now I'm going to show you here how God works. I've heard it said today that a lot of moms, they, 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 they get hard on herself and they don't think they've been good enough. But I'm going to tell you, now there's no perfect moms. There's no perfect dads. There's no perfect preachers. There's no perfect nobody else because we all have issues in our life. That's why we need grace. But God don't ask me to do what I can't do. God just asks me to do, to make an effort. And if I'll make an effort, he'll take up my slack. Oh, hallelujah. He'll do what I can't do. Hallelujah. So, mamas, you, when you do everything you can, there's going to come a time that the enemy is going to try to take your child like he tried to take Moses. Oh, think about all the things that is reaching for your children and your grandchildren today. Think about all these things that are going on. Now, Jacobin, she did everything she could do, so she, she committed that child to the hand of the Lord. She had an older, Moses had an older sister. And that mom told that older sister, says, now, I want you to stay back. And I want you to watch close your baby brother to make sure, make sure he's going to be all right. Now, this is how God works. She put that child in the hands of the Lord. And sometimes, moms, that's all we can do. I know there's mothers today here that all their children may not be in church. But when you commit that child to God, God will do what you cannot do. 
God will do what you cannot do. It wasn't long to Pharaoh's daughter come down to bathe at the river. And this, this child was found. And the baby's sister was close by. They took the baby. They recognized him as being a Hebrew child. And his sister at that very moment came out of the bushes herself. And she says, do you want me? to go among the Hebrew ladies and find somebody to nurse the child for you. She says, yes, go. She goes back to Moses' mom. Moses' mom comes back to Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh's daughter told Moses' mom, Gave her a job to do that she would be doing anyway. But she said, I'll pay you for it. Think about that. I'm talking about a great God. I'm talking about a good God. I'm talking about a God when you do everything you can. He'll step in and bless you in ways you can't imagine. Hallelujah. Amen. Here was a woman nursing her own baby and getting paid for it. And you know what? She knew that that child was going to be raised up in Pharaoh's house. And that child was going to hear a lot of ungodly things that was not right. I can, Brother Bobby, I can see, I can see Mama right now nursing that baby, whispering to that baby, (laughs) you may be living in Pharaoh's house, but you're of Jewish descent. You serve a God far different than the the Egyptians. His name is Jehovah. That mother still raised that child and instilled, amen, the precepts and the values that that child needed. That when he got a man, he would remember. Because along, amen, a few years after that, amen, Moses was out one time and he saw a Hebrew, amen, mistreated by, amen, an Egyptian. And he went on the scene and took and helped that to Hebrew, killed the Egyptian. Because he he knew it was a part of him. Church, when we do what we can and we do the best we can, God will take care of the rest. God will control what moms can't. One final scripture, Luke chapter 2, verse 34 and 35. And Simeon blessed them. Now, this is when Mary and Joseph brought the babe Jesus to the temple to be circumcised eight days after his birth. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through 
thy own so also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Moms, I said earlier that there's nothing as powerful as a mother's love. And likewise, that can nothing hurt like the heartbreak of a mom when she sees her child go through certain things. There's going to be times that you're not going. You're going to have to sit and stand back. Sometimes we have to see our children suffer things that we would do anything in the world in our power. But we, we can't do it. We can't help. It's not in our control. But God will control what you can't. Sometimes our hearts break over our children. When you're young, you don't understand that. I never, I never will forget um, one time that Darlene and I went to mom and dad's house to visit and uh, one, one of our children was crawling around and I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember which one it was now Cassie or Jennifer I don't remember which one but I was sitting there on the couch and I was talking talking to dad and she, this one just kept crawling all over stepping all over my feet and dad looked at me and he says yeah he said uh, he said they step on your feet when they're young but they'll step on your heart when they're old I didn't understand that statement then but um, what we have to do folks is Commit ourselves unto God. Give it the best we can. And then God will take care of the rest. He will take care of the rest. I'm thankful today for the wisdom that is in a mother's love. I'm thankful for that love. Let's all stand together. And as Brother Steve plays, maybe he sings, I don't know what he's. If somebody wants to come for prayer.